forget everything you've ever heard about dieting. What if you could eat the foods you love and find a way to get fit that was actually enjoyable? Welcome to Have It All with Devin Alexander. The chef from TV's Biggest Loser has lost 70 pounds and kept it up for over 30 years. She has also helped others to stop yo-yo dieting and actually transformed their lives. Now, here's your host, Devin Alexander. Hey everyone! Happy Halloween! I don't know who's the biggest Halloween uh, lover, but I, I'm rivaling this year with Little Jelly Bean. Um, today on the show, I have a literal rock star. I figured I had to go big since it was Halloween. Uh, and this isn't a dress-up type thing. This is an actual rock star who I will be introing in a couple minutes. Um, but the cool thing in the have-it-all vein is not only is he a rock star, but he's a brand, like truly um, transcended the music world and uh, has he's a motivational speaker and all sorts of things. So that's your teaser for a minute. Uh, meanwhile, the Jelly Bean update. So uh, she was Snow White for the pump races the other day she's going to be Batgirl tonight um had to dress her up twice of course and we are still in holding um her first birthday is November 19th um for those who don't know we're talking about my foster daughter who I am dying to adopt and her parents rights were terminated on September 20th and they have 60 days to come forward and contest that if they want to get custody back, although thank God nobody has yet. Um, honestly, they haven't been in the picture at all. And it's just been such a blessing for me because I was tr- looking for a child who I wasn't going to be playing. I'm a better parent um, than they are. And uh, ironically, her first birthday, November 19th, is the day due to the way the court hearings Fell. It's not usually like necessarily a year, but that will be the day that it'll be pretty much a done deal. Um, not quite, but if if we get to her birthday or through her birthday, then it's looking like she'll be adopted. So we're just in waiting for the next couple of weeks. Um, and that's it. I mean, she's a joy. She's amazing. Um, she doesn't like to watch me cook all the time anymore, which is a bummer because I was finally getting a little more fit again, um, having her sit in her high chair while I made dinner and walked her through it. But somehow that's not as entertaining as it used to be. So I'm coming up with a new plan. Uh, But yeah, that's that. And I want to jump right into our guest now because he is so phenomenal. So I don't even know if I should read his bio first or, or give you a little, I'll tell you. So I did this Bliss Talks speaking engagement a couple weeks ago, and that's where I met him. And in addition to this ridiculously long resume that I'm going to have to cut short because we only have an hour today, ha! Uh, I he was just such a phenomenal human being that you're like, ooh, I want to talk to him more. So that's how we landed on the show. Okay, Kenny Arnoff is one of the world's most influential and in-demand drummers and percussionists. Rolling Stone cited him as one of the 100 greatest drummers of all time, and Modern Drummer named him number one pop rock drummer and number one studio drummer for five years. The list of artists he's worked with on the road and in the studio reads like the who's who of the music industry and includes like literally like 17 years with John Mellencamp. Rolling Stone, Smashing Pumpkins, Bruce Springsteen, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, Sting, Lady Gaga, Bruno Mars, Pharrell Williams, and I swear this is like a tenth of it, so I'm just going to stop there. Uh, The full list fills pages of KennyArnoff.com with a style of playing that combines power and finesse. His unique and versatile sound has been instrumental in Get This. Over 60 Grammy-nominated or awarded recordings represented over $300 in sales, with more than 1,300 that were RIAA certified gold, platinum, or diamond. I'm getting tired reading this. And you know I have a lot of energy. Kenny's winning approach to drumming and to life has given him the ability to stay in a successful career for over three and a half decades. I I seriously could go on, but I really just want to say that he has, like, signature drums. He's got Vic Firth drumsticks. I mean, it's crazy. And then he has a book 
uh, I, I'm, I seriously, I'm just going to jump in because there's like, I, I could literally read three more pages. I'm not kidding. Or maybe 10 if I was reading the list of all the artists he's worked with. So without further ado, Kenny, welcome. Hey, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Oh, my God. Huh, how do you do all this? <laughs> <laughs> you can relate. You, you, you sound like you're like doing the so, same thing in your area of, you know, expertise. Uh, you know, you just. I just uh, I love what I do, and I and and as you saw in my bliss talks, uh, I love what I do, and I'm driven by trying to be better all the time. You know, I got this line, you know, I'll never be as great as I want to be, but I'm willing to spend the rest of my life trying to be as great as I can be, and because I love what I do, you know, I just keep going after it. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. I mean, speaking of going after it, I know there's a lot of people at home that are stuck or they've been told they shouldn't follow their dream or it's too difficult or it's not responsible or whatever it is that might be holding them back. I'm dying to know how you got your start because I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, that maybe one or two people might have said something like that to you at some point. Well, yeah. I mean, I remember uh, one time when I was Real young, uh, and I wanted to go to college. You know, and when I grew up, we all went to college. Um, for the listeners, by the way, uh, Devin and I went to the same area. There's yeah. five schools in, in, in uh, the Amherst area in Massachusetts. And one of the schools of the five schools was Smith College, where Devin went. And I went to the University of Massachusetts for one year. And my twin brother went to Hampshire. And that's three of the five schools. The other one is Holyoke and Amherst for boys. And um, anyway, um, I remember when I picked music as my major, my, my mom went to my teacher yeah. at Indiana and said, you know, to, it, is this, is Kenny really good enough to, to make it? And the teacher backed off and looked at her and said, Mrs. Aronoff, ask that question in 10 years. And I, you know, I understand what he was saying now. Back then I was like, I don't know, but he was basically saying, how do I know? You know, first of all, it's up to him. It's not up to me. It's not up to you. And when I wrote my book, uh, Sex, Drums, Rock and Roll, I had to go back and look at my life. And I thought, hey, what, what, what was 10 years after that, that, that moment? My mom spoke to my teacher in August. And, oh, my God, I had never thought it through. But 10 years from that month. Jack and Diane, which was the biggest single I've ever played on in my life, or one of the biggest, uh, by John Mellencamp, it was a number one hit single on a uh, you know a, a multi pop ah. won two Grammys, which pretty much like launched my career in the pop world. Uh, that was about ten years after that conversation, and at this point in my life, I was studying classical music. I mean, I was there was no school of rock when I was a kid, and there was nobody you know, guiding me, this is how you become a rock star. So I studied classical music and eventually got into the Jerusalem Symphony Orchestra in Israel, turned it down to follow my quote-unquote bliss, which was to be, you know, a rock star drummer and, you know, tour the world and make records. And I spent four years after, you know, five years of studying classical music to redirect the ship. And that's where I got my break with John Mellencamp. But the story gets more involved. But, that I, you know, and, and, and I remember... People telling me after, you know, coming back home after all that studying and I decided to become a, a drummer and now I'm living in my parents' house and practicing eight hours a day, seven days a week, you know, totally trying to catch up. And I remember I was, I moved back to Indiana a year later to join this band to, you know, hopefully get a record deal and tour the world and make records. And everybody was saying, everybody told me, you shouldn't do that. There's no music business in Indiana. You should go yeah. to New York or L.A., which totally made sense. They were right. There was no reason to go back to Bloomington except that I wanted to be part of this band and somebody was investing in it. And that's where three years later, I got my big break with John Mellencamp because he lived in Bloomington, Indiana. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, pretty amazing. Do you think it might have happened earlier if you were in L.A., New York, or, or Nashville, or is does that not ever cross your mind? No, I, well, I think that with my tenacity and my drive, my my ability to work hard and you know the self discipline, the perseverance, that's probably in my DNA. Um, 
I'd like to think that probably wherever I went, I would have driven my myself to the top. But um, but I mean, I can't. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. What the actual outcome would be, but I would have, you know, risen to the top because I'm the type of guy that, you know, I may not be the most talented guy out there, but I'm the guy that'll practice, you know, eight hours a day, seven days a week. And so, so, you know, you just put in the time, and you and you you will eventually rise to the top. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, we, I think a lot of us covered this in our bliss talks, but I was talking about luck and how, you know, I got the biggest loser cookbook because I happened to like pretty much stalk three companies by accident that were doing biggest loser. And then I was the only person on all three lists. Yeah. I mean, I think it really is, is driving perseverance. I mean, we live in an age where uh, people, you know, you hear about the entitlement and the, the lazy people and, and, you know, the, the bottom line is if you it's like a math equation. If you do nothing, you get nothing. And if you think it's going to fall on your lap, it, it just isn't. And we're not born successful. Nobody's born successful. You have to create your career. You have to create your success. And if you're waiting for it to, to land in your lap, I'm the guy who's going to come by and take it from you. Not purposely, but if it's sitting there, I'm going after it. And if you're not going after it, I'm going to get it. Yeah. It's that simple. It's not. It's not complex. It's just. And what I try to do is encourage people because everybody has a different drive. I just say, do the best that you can do at at at, at, at wherever you're at. Uh, it, it, one step a day, one phone call a day, one email a day is better than nothing. Like zero equals zero. I mean, do a little bit every day and feel good about what you did, and that. Hopefully, will self motivate you to do more tomorrow. You just do the the most that you can do with what you have. Absolutely. Now, I speaking of which, what I would love to hear, like one of the moments on the road that was challenging for you, because as much as we all know, I mean, especially looking at you, like you truly look like a rock star, and you look like you've had a really fun life. Um, I'm curious, like. What were some of the challenges that people might go, oh, my God, that guy's the luckiest in the world and not realize? Well, sooner or later, you're going to play when you're really sick. And one time I was on tour with John Mellencamp. We were in Germany, and it was like 2 in the morning. And we were, I was having, uh, I think we were in Hamburg. And I was just out having some beers. Uh, and all of a sudden, I got this really weird back pain so i go back to the hotel and, and by six in the morning i realize i've got a kidney stone and uh <gasps> i go i i call up and i've had i had had one before i had them only three times it was weird it was all within a six-year period i had kidney stones three times and i've never had them since but this was like and this was maybe late 80s or early 90s anyway i called the tour manager says i'm in trouble you got to get me to the hospital so they bring me to the hospital and it's in the Reaper Bomb, and the Reaper Bomb is where all the prostitutes and drug addicts. You know, oh are. my God! So I'm in. The, I go in this hospital, and they won't let the German promoter go in with me. I don't speak German, and I'm oh. telling this nurse I have a kidney stone. The only thing that's going to work is morphine, and because we're in that area of Germany, they think maybe I'm a drug addict. So I'm like, you don't understand. I I know this is the only thing that works. She wouldn't. She says, wait for doctor in her German accent till nine. I'm like, I can't wait till nine. Finally, I literally grabbed her and pushed her up against the wall and said, because you start losing your mind. Uh-huh. I said, you don't get me some morphine. I'm going to tear this entire building down. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I had morphine. And sure enough, I had a kidney stone. The bottom line is I wake up, you know, all you know, out of it. And um, my people came in to visit me. And it was they, they said, we're going to get you out of here, Kenny. We're going to get you a private doctor. They pulled the, the, the needle out, you know, with the saline solution, drip, and they put me in a car. And I went to a private doctor. I think I had to pull over and vomit from the, you know, the, the drugs. The bottom line is um, that night I was playing in front of 20,000 people. Wow. <laughs> you know, the weird thing about a stone is that one. The pain goes, you're fine. I was dealing more with a hangover from morphine, but and the stone was still in me, but it had moved down it through the ureter almost to the bladder. But yeah, I mean, you just you just you just do it. I've another time I was on tour, you know, I got the flu and 
I had a you know a bucket next to me, and in between songs, I'm vomiting. Oh wow! It's just just keep going, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that in my business, it's funny, like I'll have people, you know, we do satellite media tours and things and you have to show up at 1am and you're like live a million times over and over and over and until like 10, 11 in the morning and people are like, I could never do that. And I'm like, why are you pursuing this career? It's like, you're not going to get a spokesperson campaign, you know, like it's just... You're not going to be able to pay your bills if you can't do things like that. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, here's the bottom line. If you're not willing to do it, there's somebody like you or me that is definitely willing to do it. You know what I mean? It's just the way it is, you know. You know, it's just just part of it, man. Yeah. So I'm curious about your book, Sex, Drums, and Rock and Roll, The Hardest Hitting Man in Show Business. I know this really isn't a sex book. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. Well, the publisher said, oh, my God, the first word is sex. Now, is this about sex? And I went, absolutely not. So I had to clarify right at the beginning of the book to say, look, if you're, if you're looking for a book where the drummer has sex with 4,000 women and, you know, <laughs> blah, 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 this ain't the book. You know, I came right out and made it clear this is not about that. But, you know, and my mom was going, I can't believe you called it sex, drums, rock and roll. And I went. Could have been called sex, drugs, rock and roll. I mean, that was, <laughs> I said that, that it's the. I just love the phrase. It's just a phrase that you know in my business, sex, drugs, rock and roll, which meant basically the celebration of fun. Let's go out and have fun. Let's go out and be wild. To be not to be taken literally, but in my business, of course, it was taken literally. I just love the title, and so I um, I just called it that to grab attention. But the drum, the the book is. Basically about a little kid growing up in Western Massachusetts, a town of 3,000 called Stockbridge, where I had no mentors to te- tell me how to become a rock star drummer or even a, a teacher that could teach me how to play rock and roll back then. And uh, there was nobody to say, this is, this is what you do if you want to be a rock star. I mean, I was just completely on my own in that regard. And this is how... A little kid from that little town got to the point where, you know, I'm on 300 million records, uh, you know, recorded that were sold and blah, 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 blah. And, and, you know, there's very few people in my business that, you know, has a huge recording career and a huge touring career and in the recording world, you know, to be diverse, like playing, you know, recording with Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, Chris Christopherson. Waylon Jennings, but then also playing with, you know, Buddy Guy, Ray Charles, and recording with B.B. King, but then the Smashing Pumpkins and Tony Iommi from Sabbath and Alice Cooper, and then you've got, the you know, the girls like Celine Dion, Michelle Branch, Avril Lavigne, Lance Morissette, and then, you know, it's just the diversity of it all. That's a, that's a, that, it's bizarre. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> coming from a small town like that. So the book tells that whole story, and the new book is the part I didn't have enough time to put in the book which is kind of like how I did it it's like it start. I think the book pretty much starts like are you living your life loud or are you dying on the vine because most oh, people are dying uh, on the vine if you do nothing you get nothing you have to go after it and that book is more about how to go after it I love it so the new book is how or this one or the new one sorry I haven't read it yet as I said no, um, no, to the-, the, new book, the new book is the one about are you living your life loud or dying on the vine? And I'm supposed to have finished editing it maybe a year ago. Oh, <laughs> but, oh. You know, <laughs> you're a little you know, busy. <laughs> yeah. You know, now I'm adding all kinds of new aspects to it because, uh, you know, in a year things change. But the basic premise of the book is, you know, how to make it. I'm trying to encourage people, you know, do not sit on your butt. Do not be lazy. One step at a time. One day at a time. Know thyself. Follow your bliss, follow your heart, but you got to take action. You have to, it's, it's, you have to go after it. And I try to encourage people to go after it at wherever they are in their life and whatever intensity they have about going after things is we're not all built the same. Just do the best that you can. I'm curious when the book came about, was that something that you actively went out and pitched or did someone suggest that you do it? Like what took you from being this amazing drummer who has every opportunity in the world in that vein and, you know, basically wanted, what made you want to do that? 
Oh man, I, I didn't want to do it. Somebody I was doing <gasps> it and you that's a great question. No, I didn't want to do it. I I went, oh my God, I don't have time for this. What a pain in the butt. And uh, the the writer said, no, no. He, he made it sound like it was going to be easy and, and it wasn't. Um, he, he made it sound like, oh, you just interview. We, we interview once every two weeks or t- once a month and then bam, it's done. You got an Oscar. And it, it wasn't that at all. And what happened was I, it didn't sound like me. And um, so oh. I started writing every page and editing everything. And I'm like, no, it didn't go like that. I remember being on tour. And I remember being in a hotel room, you know, multiple times, working on my day off 14, 16 hours a day. Just room service, never leave the room. Trying to edit one chapter, just one chapter. And it, <laughs> and it just, you can't, you can't force this thing. I'm not a writer, so... I had to keep re-editing it. No, no, that's too many words. It doesn't flow. And it became this huge project that took four years. And then, literally, at one point, I was in my office, and uh, I'd had uh, my, I had John Mellencamp interviewed, I had Bon Jovi interviewed, I had, uh, um, I had um, Billy Corgan, lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins interviewed, Melissa Etheridge interviewed, John Fogarty interviewed, uh, and I suddenly hated the book. I thought it stunk. I literally called up the publisher, had a checkbook in my left hand, phone in my ear. I said, John, this book stinks. I didn't use that word. I used a different one. But this yeah. book stinks. And uh, I, I, I hate it. How much does it cost for me to buy the book back and bury it? I want to bury it. I hate it. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. Back off, Kenny. He says, look got to bring this to the editor. The editor will shape it. And I'm like, ah, nah, it stinks. So I was, at this point, I was so frustrated and I didn't want to put something out that wasn't great. And so he said, just meet with the editor. So I was in New York performing somewhere, TV show, might have been the Seth Meyers show. And I had a meeting with this guy and I liked him. I said, all right, I'll give you three chapters. Gave him three chapters. And oh my God, he did. He shaped it. He he cut this out and cut that out. I'm like, I can't believe you cut out the story about me and Cameron Diaz or me and Dave Grohl. He says, nah, man, yeah, yeah, there's too many stories like that already. You know, yeah, this is good. They'll do it this way. And he made it exciting. He had elements of the energy. He caught my energy. And, and then he made it funny at times. And he knew just when to put in this and put in that. And, and, and it, was, it, was, it was incredible. So I went, okay edit go away and then i edited what he edited and we went back and forth and we're fighting and i changed the cover i was like a six months and two weeks late and i changed the cover the day it was supposed to be handed in and i i made the right decision on that and i think i remember then i'm saying they said i said i don't i don't like the cover it was the same picture but it was in color and the, the font was horrible and i thought it looked cheap and they said well we think the cover looks pretty good i went listen I'm not Mick Jagger from the Stones, but I want what that guy would like. And they were okay. And so I found an artist, and uh, and there's somebody suggested me to talk to this great artist, and he changed it to black and white, the picture, and we spent two weeks more on the font, and bam, I love the cover, and and that's how it came, it work came out, you know. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a super sexy cover for people. Actually, this is a good point. We have to go to break in a second. So why don't you tell people where they can find more info about you so uh, they can look you up while we while we take oh, our little break? You can go to, well, my, my main website's www.kenny, K-E-N-N-Y, Aronoff, A-R-O-N-O-F-F-F.com. And, uh, and my book... Sex, Drums, Rock and Roll, is, I think is on there. And you can also, in the, in the store, uh, part of my website, or you can go on Amazon, you know, and look for it there. And then I, uh, yeah, that website will bring you to, to everything, you know. Uh, this is a, I have a, a web, a, a page on a, my speaker's page of the the agency that represents it, which is www.calcalentertainment.com, and I'm in the exclusive section. And there's a cool sizzle reel with me. Speaking. 
Cool. All right. Well, when we come back, everybody make sure you join us because we have a lot more to hear from Kenny, both about how he transitioned into the product world and then also more about finding your bliss. Stay tuned. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to The Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm here with Kenny Arnoff, a rock star drummer. Seriously, like he's worked with everyone. I, I, in talking to him at our Bliss Talks where we were both speaking, I just wanted all the energy to rub off on me. He's like, has this crazy, passionate, uh, Oh, energy is the best way I can say it. We actually were all meeting in a van um, to get to the talks, and we were told not to be late. And you know how musicians are famous for being late. He was not late. I was so impressed. <laughs> all of that resume and not a diva at all. <laughs> um, so thank you for that, first of all. <laughs> um, no, but in all seriousness, I mean, I am serious. He wasn't late, but in all seriousness, um, no, I would love to talk about how you got into speaking also. Um, I mean, obviously, you have just such a compelling story. And as you said before the break, like you're a small town, Massachusetts, and you didn't have role models and you didn't, well, you didn't have mentors anyway that were just in your backyard and you didn't have all these connections and um, and you made it happen anyway. So I can see where people would really want to hear from you. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how the speaking came about? Well, the speaking that came about after I uh, wrote my book, I had to go out and promote it, and I had a publicist, and I did, you know, the, you know, the, the regular shows, uh, a Good Day LA, and I did Seth Meyers for a week, and just everything, and um, and then some people uh, invited me to speak at an event, and then I just built it from there, and I, I, you know, I did like 30 years of speaking in, in the drum world. They, they call these things drum clinics. It's basically, you know, uh, I, I do a, a two-hour presentation at, at a music store or a theater that a music store would hire uh, to put their audience in. And I talk and I perform. So I'd been working on speaking in front of people for 30 years. But then I put together a show and then I developed it. I have a teamwork speech I'm going to give November 12th in Palm Springs. And then I put this bliss talks together. And then I really love it. I, it's it's really cool to get in front of the, the drum set. I have a lot to talk about now. And, you know, after all of the four decades of, you know, being super professional. And um, I enjoy it very much. It ties in with the book and then the new book. And it's just taking my brand, as you were talking about before, I'm still the session drummer. I've got my own studio, www.lastudios. No, what is it? Uncommon. Yeah. So it's LA. 
Yeah, it's UncommonStudiosLA.com. And I do sessions there, and then I do sessions in other studios, and and then I still tour all over the place. I still do a lot of TV, but I've branched off and done. I'm and doing a lot more speaking, and you know, like I said, I've got another book coming out, and I and I love adding that to the brand. So that that that's that's how I got into it. You know, I, I want the listener to realize that, that the whole thing that, that that got me where I am now, besides, you know, the hard work, self-discipline and um, perseverance is, you know, it all started when I was playing outside as a little kid with my twin brother, nothing to watch on TV back then. And uh, my mom yelled at us from the porch of this big old farmhouse that we lived in. And she said, you got to come in right now. And I thought I was in trouble. We come running in, thinking we're going to get scolded by my dad. And there on the black and white, you know, RCA TV set with the, we had rabbit ears and the tinfoil to get better reception was the Ed Sullivan show. And on the Ed Sullivan show were these four guys with long hair dressed in, in suits and they're playing electric guitars and bass and drums. And the lead singer comes up to the mic and goes, she loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like bouncing off the walls. And of course, that was the Beatles. And uh, the cool thing is, the amazing thing is, 50 years later, I'm playing with Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr honoring them for that Ed Sullivan show that 72 million people in North America saw back in the 60s. So what a a cool kind of like story, you know, a a fantasy story where these people got me started. You know, it, it, Ringo Starr was the reason why I started playing drums. The Beatles were the reason why I got in a rock and roll band. And uh, they set me on a course at age 10 years old that I've been on ever since. And then I get to perform with the two remaining Beatles, Ringo Starr and Paul McCartney, you know, 50 years later, honoring them for that show. That's unbelievable. Wow, yeah. You know, one of the other things I love about you, Kenny, was so I, I have a tendency to, I don't know, get in relationship conversations and we were literally in this van and it was only like, what, a 15 minute drive? Huh. And um, you can, I think you can always tell a lot about people when they start talking about their exes. And you had such a positive take on the conversation that, I mean, I feel the same way, but it basically you were saying that, you know, your relationships in the past have made you who you are and you don't regret mm-hmm. them. And and yeah. I think like that sort of also um, plays into your success. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, well, I mean, we, you know, everybody's can look back and go like, oh, my God, did I make mistakes? Or boy, was I, I you know. I could have done better, <laughs> you know, in, in relationships. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you have to, the positive take on the whole thing is that you want to think, well, you know, boy, I blew that, but it made makes you who you are today. You know, your mistakes, you can go back. I own all my mistakes or all the things I w- regret I hadn't done, but I also value what I learned from those mistakes, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm great friends with, uh, but with both my exes, my first wife was uh, was the mother of my child who I love, Nick. He's like uh, 34 years old, uh, total stud, you know, just finishing his master's in psychology at uh, Indiana University and hardcore Buddhist. And everyone loves that guy. He's such a beautiful man. And, uh, and then my second wife was the coolest lady in the world. And, you know, and. She's happily married with somebody else. So, you know, it's, it's all good. It's all great. And I'm married for the third time. And I love my wife, Gina, Georgina. And she's, uh, she's amazing. And yeah, it's all good, man. I've learned from everybody. Yeah. And as I said, I just think it's um, particularly like, I'm sure given your resume that you've done well financially. And so there's probably, you know, some money that was given away at some point. And there's some people who hold on to that and you just hear the bitterness. And as I said, it was just so lovely to share that ride with you and to hear just exuding positivity. And, and again, I just think it plays into, you know, people, I mean, if you were a nightmare and you were showing up late and you were angry all the time about things like that, um, I think you wouldn't, I mean, I think we can both agree that you, there's no way in hell that you would have the longevity of career and success that you have. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, listen, you get hired because you're talented, but you won't get rehired again 
if you're a pain in the butt. Um, it's tr- it's true. I mean, I talk about my speech communication skills. I mean, there's a lot of good drummers. There's a few great drummers, but there's very few great drummers that people want to be around. And I'm talking about the planet. If you think you're going to make it because of your talent only, you're completely misguided. It's like I get hired because people want to have me around them. I get hired because I motivate the room. I get hired because I'm a, I serve the artist, the band, the producer, the engineer, the record label, and all the other musicians. My number one goal is to get the song I'm recording when I'm recording to be on the radio to be number one. It ain't about me, and it ain't about you. It's about that song, and what can we do to get this song on the radio? And I've never lost that perspective. In order for me to get invited back, they want to have me around and in that room, and I love being there. So I, you know, I show up with a great attitude and you know, I'm lucky that it's not a, a hard thing for me to do. Yeah, well, and I love that you mentioned all of those different people who you are there for, because I think a lot of times, you know, people can say things like, you're so lucky you get to be your own boss or, you know, things like that, which especially at your level, like you are your own boss, you are your own brand. But at the end of the day, like, all those people are basically clients that <laughs> they're yeah. your bosses, um, whether, you know, and I mean, my world is the same. Yeah, we all serve people. I mean, if, if nothing else, you serve the people who buy your product. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, if you have a product and you want people to buy it, the consumer is who you're serving. Ultimately, you can't say F you to your consumer. But, you know, you know, but I'll go into another little area. I'm not saying I roll over. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a, there are boundaries and there are lines, you know, where there's a certain point where you have to serve yourself too. You have to, and only you can figure that out. You have to figure out where you draw that line. Now, if you're being treated disrespectfully over and over and over again and being messed with, then you have to have a kingly or a queenly talk with yourself in a dark room where you, reflect and decide is this at the point where this is good for me or is this bad for me and if it's bad for me then you you know graciously get yourself out of that situation and you take care of yourself and remove yourself from a situation that is you know more harmful than good and you only you can make that decision but uh you know i've had to do that a couple of times some you know move on and every time I've moved on, it's been the right thing to do. Because if you're struggling with a decision, whether I should keep this job, you know, we all get into saying, oh, I can't quit because I need to make enough money to pay, you know, the bills, raise my family or whatever it is. When you're sitting there struggling, it's because you really do want to move on, but you feel like you can't. And you're insecure about, oh my God, what's coming next? Well, if you want to get heavy about this, If you stay where you are, in one way, you're telling the universe or the higher power, whatever you believe in, that this is where I belong. This is what I deserve. The higher and the next level is to go, I'm out of here. And the universe, if you believe in that, will sit there and go, wow, Kenny doesn't deserve to be treated this way. He's saying, I want to be treated this way and I want to make this much money. And in many times for me, I've been rewarded with exactly that. Because I was putting it out there that I want better, I don't want that. And when you do that, many times you get rewarded. The, 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 the part that's scary for people is the unknown. Right. Well, and, and I mean, like going back to what you said earlier, like you definitely have to have that conversation with yourself because it's like we need the reality check of, am I really willing to work my butt off? And is it really, you know what I mean? Like kind of, I always try to put the, okay, what am I doing wrong? Where's my fault or whatever. But if someone's bipolar or neurotic or, you know, like abusive or whatever, and you know, there's, you can't win. Like, yeah, as you said, there's no amount of money in the world that can make you stay in something and in a way that it'll be healthy. Like, go scrat elsewhere and the universe will, I agree with you, reward you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, 
If there was an 11th commandment, I'd call it this. Thou shalt not BS thyself. In other words, <laughs> yeah. you know I mean? be, at least be, you talk about that conversation by, with yourself. You know, be 100% honest to yourself. At least do that. And then you do what you got to do. But don't, don't BS yourself because then you don't stand a chance. You don't you don't have a you don't have a footing. So be honest with yourself and admit, you know what, this is a horrible situation I'm in. I choose to be here because. Or this is a horrible situation. I choose to leave this because. But at least you have a great relationship with yourself, which is very self-empowering. And that will help you move make you know, reasonable choices. If you're working in a situation that stinks, like I said, you say, you know what? I choose to be here because I'm not ready to leave. I choose to put up with their crap. Not I have to put up with that crap. I choose to put up with that crap. I know exactly what's going on. And when the right opportunity comes, I'm going to leave or whatever. But you have that relationship with yourself. That's very, very important and very self-empowering. It's funny. We actually, last week's show was all about I get to as opposed to I have to. Um, mm. But while we're on the topic of taking care of ourselves, uh, I would love to talk about your fitness. Um, a lot of people, you know, oh, I travel for work. I can't stay fit. Uh, and you are in rock star shape for those who aren't extremely familiar with Kenny. Um, how do you do that? Do you spend much time at the gym? Do you eat healthy? What's the, what's the secret well, sauce? The number one thing is definitely diet, and that's one of the most challenging things on the road. Uh, you know, it, it's you know obviously eating healthy is sometimes a challenge. When like a lot of times, you know, uh, when when I've been touring with John Fogarty, we'll do a two hour show, two and a half hour show, go running off the stage. I'm completely drenched, and I, I'm changing in the van to get to the jet, our private jet, get on the jet, just barely got out of my wet clothes with towels all around me in the front seat and get on the jet and take off and fly to the next city, land, get in the hotel, it's 2 a.m. No room service or, you know, no restaurants open. So I've had to prepare for that. I used to carry protein powders, green food, uh, you know, the healthiest bars I can get. Um, and, um, you know, uh, you know, nuts, whatever it is I carry with me for those situations. And, you know, during sound check, sometimes we'll fly in and we got to go right to sound check. I've got those type of things with me, you know, drink, uh, you know, lots of water, um, you know, you know, uh, eat as healthy as you can. Now, as far as exercise, I'm lucky that the drum thing is it's you know, a workout <laughs> and, and I'll, I'll have to say, man, I mean, I, my metabolic age came back in my blood work uh, this year at, uh, as 19-year-old. I have the stats of a 19-year-old, and I'm yeah. way beyond 19 years old. And um, so, so on my days off, I, I will go to the gym, and I've designed a whole workout in my hotel room. You know, like I have bands, so I can do, you know, chest, uh, triceps, biceps, back, um, you know, legs, all of it. I can do it all in, in the room. And, and, and here's the biggest challenge about working out and diet, I guess anything for that matter, is that is if you fall off the horse, which is, you know, you blow your routine, which I'm challenged with on the road all the time, it's getting back on the horse that's harder than staying on the horse. I'm, I feel like, you know, when you're in the groove, man, it's easy. Yeah, man, I'm killing it. But when you all of a sudden miss two days, and you feel like giving up, like you've totally blew it. Blew it. That's that's a challenge right there that you have to overcome. No, you haven't blown it. You know, you got a long life. You know, this, yeah. just because you you fall off the horse for a day, two days, a week, three weeks, getting back on is important. You got to get back on. It's a long journey. You know. Yeah. Okay. So with all these things going on, I want to know what's next for you. <laughs> well, um, let's see. I got a, spe a speaking engagement uh, coming up on November 12th, and I go right from that to uh, Vegas and do the Latin Grammy Awards. So I'm the house drummer, so I'll play with all kinds of Latin, you know, cool, hip. Uh, I don't even know who oh, the artists are yet. Yeah, so and, and for those who 
you know, may not realize, but the reason why I do like things like these shows or the, you know, these big, huge shows where I play with 20 artists honoring an artist like Greg Allman or, you know, it might, I did a Johnny Cash show or the Kennedy Center honors I did for seven years straight is I, I read music really, really well. Not only do I read music, but um, <clears throat> I can write it, read it, and then I've got all these cues, tempos, count-offs, everything you could ever possibly need to know to run a show that's live with a 16-camera shoot, and they're recording it, and you just finished your last rehearsal with Steven Tyler or Sting an hour before the show. And I have everything written out. I rehearse in that hour before the show starts, the beginnings and ends, the count-offs, every possible key pertinent aspect of that. So when the show starts, the musical director and the, and the, the, the producer can count on me to, to count off at the right time. And when a mistake occurs, and this is the key thing, is I'm a great problem solver. So it's not just about how good I play the drums. There's way more things going on. It's how to solve problems on the spot. And now that I've just put in the time, I've become kind of more of an expert at this sort of thing. So I get hired to do these things. But the dichotomy is I'm a self-taught kind of street band guy, but with this education that's got, you know, that's got precision and, counter and accountability that you know, maybe typical rockers don't have. So I've put both those worlds together. So anyway, so that show's coming up. I also have another show that's sort of in the same vein. It's December 2nd at the, at the um, downtown at the uh, Novo Theater. And it's a, a, a charity for, usually it's been for the veterans, but this is going to be a multiple charity. But I'll be in the house band playing with people like uh, Joe Bonamassa, Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top, John Mayer, Robbie Krieger from the Doors Orianthe, Don Felder, who used to be in the Eagles, Dave Navarro from Jane's Addiction, uh -huh. Sammy Hagar. They're talking to all kinds of other people like Stephen Stills and 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 there's all kinds of celebrities like maybe, maybe you know, Mark Wahlberg, Gary Sinise will be there. Uh, it'll eventually be broadcast on Access. There's that. Uh, next year, I'm going out with the Hendrix Experience with Joe Satriani, virtuoso guitar player who I played with. Him and the Chickenfoot, uh, you know, uh, super group with Sammy Hagar and Michael Anthony from Van Halen. Um, I've got uh, gigs with the, the legendary uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, who's 83 now, who is wow. basically the godfather of rock and roll, who's got just, I mean, ridiculous attitude. They don't make him like that anymore. He was no set list, no count off, no nothing. He starts playing, you fall in, and you better keep your eye on him because you don't know how, when he's going to end or how he's going to end. But it's great. He's got the spirit of, Rock and roll. Uh, let's see, I've got gigs with the Bodines, um, who, uh, you know, big, big Midwest band that I've been playing on and off with for 26 years. I've got um, a lot of sessions for book. I've got... Um, oh, oh, my goodness. Well, my I, I want to know. So, with all of these things going on, do you even need a bucket list? Like, have you done it all? <laughs> wow. Jeez. I, don't really, I, I, don't, I mean, most people, it's like, what's the number one bucket list item? But I'm like, oh, my God, like, who have you not met in the music world? And is there anything that, you know, kind of in the back of your mind you want? I don't have a bucket list. Be, be, I just want to be continue to be as great as I can be, knowing that uh, I'll never be at at 100%, and I accept that as the human condition, trying to – it's like a running back. He doesn't get a touchdown every time – he gets the ball in the NFL. You know, he just spends his whole career play by play, game by game, season by season. And at the end of his career, he acknowledges what he did. And that's not until then that you really care about that. You just focus play by play. I'd say the, the thing I'm trying to do, the biggest thing I'm trying to do right at this point is evolve as a, as a man uh, at a level I've never uh, done before which is not just about how i play the drums but who i am as a as a human being and be the best man i can be and you know also i'm really committed to my relationship with my wife and try to be the best you know uh <clears throat> you know man with her and then uh you know my speaking career because i feel like i have i'm trying to put everything together that i've learned in my life plus you know you know through all my experiences as a drummer 
and as a human being into my speaking. So it's really, there's no bucket list. I'm living my bucket list. I know. Well, that's why I hesitated to ask the question because, you know, a lot of people say you should have one, but in your case, I think it's like, it's just happening. It's pouring, pouring, pouring through it. Um, So we have to end in a minute. Unfortunately, I'm so bummed, but can you tell us one more time where we can find more about you and, and buy your book and, uh, and find out where you're playing in our towns? You can, yeah, you can uh, go on my, well, my website, I don't post usually what I'm doing says, then everybody knows that I'm not at home. <laughs> oh. And uh, I don't use it, but 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 uh, usually I'll post at, at the day of, of wherever I am. You can follow me on Twitter, Aronoff Official, Instagram, Kenny Aronoff, Facebook, my name, and then the, I have a fan page, Facebook page. Uh, you can follow me on my website, www.kennyaronoff.com. That'll lead you to all these other websites. And my book is, you can get Sex, Drums, Rock and Roll, The Hardest Man Showbiz on Amazon. And uh, yeah, that pretty much covers it. Wow. Well, first of all, thank you so much for squeezing me into your busy life. I can't tell you how honored uh, I am. It's just uh, it's just phenomenal, and I'm so glad that we crossed paths and look forward to doing the next Bliss Talk with you, and I'm certainly going to follow you and come watch you perform, as I'm sure everyone else will. So thank you. Awesome. Well, it's an honor to be on your show, too, man. You've accomplished a lot, and I loved your jelly bean story. That was, <laughs> that was so cool. I love how you're so open about that. That was great. That's very, very cool. Very, you know, kudos to you. Yeah, so maybe we'll be doing the Bliss Talks next one, which is next year, and that, that'd be cool. You know, who knows where I'll be? I mean, I I just got to – I'm in this band called Supersonic Blues Machine, which is my band I forgot to talk about, but it's going all over Europe, and we feature famous guitar players like Billy Gibbons and, you know, you know all these different amazing guitar players, and uh, now I'm being told that we're playing all over Europe and stuff next summer. So anyway – Thank you for having me on the show, Devin, and uh, I'll see you soon. Yes, you will, because as you heard in my talk, I stalk people, so (laughs) I'm sure I will see you again. Have a great Halloween, everyone. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening to Have It All. Be sure to join Devin Alexander for another great show next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Until we talk again, have a fit and fun week.